Hey, thanks for joining me today in this edition of the Living Waters podcast. I'm going to talk a little bit today about uh, where we came from and how we got there. And I've called this message, So You Want to Go Back to Egypt? Did you know that you can't stay where you are and still follow God? Israel had trouble with this concept after they left Egypt. And their problem uh, wasn't that they didn't know where they were going, uh, but that they still had an Egypt mindset when they were going where God called them to go. So join me today as we look at a few things about that experience, about the Egypt mindset. Exodus 13, verses 17 through 22, reading from the New Living Translation. When Pharaoh finally let the people go, God did not lead them along the main road that runs through the Philistine territory, even though that was the shortest route to the Promised Land. God said if the people are faced with a battle, they might change their minds and return to Egypt. So God led them in a roundabout way through the wilderness toward the Red Sea. Thus the Israelites left Egypt like an army ready for battle. Verse 19. Moses took the bones of Joseph with him, for Joseph had made the sons of Israel swear to do this. He said, God will certainly come to help you. When he does, you must take my bones with you from this place. The Israelites left Sukkoth and camped at Etham on the edge of the wilderness. Verse 21. When the Lord went ahead of them, he guided them during the day with a pillar of cloud, and he provided light by fire at night. And the Lord did not remove the pillar of cloud or pillar of fire from its place in front of the people. Now the people of Israel had been in Egypt for 430 years. It started when Joseph was a prisoner there. Uh, I'm not going to get too much into that part of the story except to say that when Joseph was released from prison to talk to the Pharaoh about a dream that he had had, that nobody else could interpret or give the meaning to. Uh, Joseph was brought out of prison, and after giving the, the interpretation of the dream, was promoted to a high place of honor in the realm. He essentially uh, became second in command over everything that the Pharaoh had over the land and the people. Uh, so if anyone in Egypt had a problem, Joseph was the go-to man. Uh, now, when the events of the dream were beginning to take shape, Joseph's family arrived from Israel, only they did not know that who, the guy that they were talking to was Joseph. So a long story short, uh, Joseph's family was brought down to Egypt uh, from Israel, he sent his brothers back home to bring the rest of the family down. And there is a happy family reunion. Well, maybe not quite so happy to begin with. Uh, but what ended up was that uh, a dream that Joseph had had when he was a kid, uh, which angered his brothers, came to pass at this time. Uh, and you can read about that if you look at the story of Joseph and uh, his childhood and all of this experience. Uh, but rather than the family returning to Israel after they got the food and there is this big family reunion, uh, they ended up staying in Egypt. Uh, 
which started the 430 years uh, period of time in Egypt. And, uh, how many of you know that that is plenty of time to become uh, the person, the people that you're not supposed to be? You see, God had called Israel, the Jews, to be a people set apart from the rest of the world. They couldn't uh, they couldn't eat the same foods that everybody else ate. They couldn't worship what everybody else worshipped. They couldn't, you know, they couldn't dress the same way that the rest of the world dressed. They were called to be holy and set apart, his own special, peculiar people. Yet they were in Egypt and they became, uh, they assimilated into the Egyptian mindset into their ways of things. And that's a dangerous place to be. It's a dangerous thing to do. You know, so, you know, how does that relate to us? How does that relate to you? Uh, well, you see, God wants to take you to a better place of promise. But if you desire to go backward or to stay where you are, he's not going to take you forward. He's not going to take you to that better land of promise. You know, God had named and declared a covenant with Abraham that Canaan would be the place Israel would inhabit, and he set out to take them there after Egypt had released them. After the Pharaoh of Egypt had released them, God used Moses to lead them to this promised land. Uh, but if you read the entire account of what happened, you'll find that not very long after they were released from Present from bondage and set free from Egypt, they got to the Red Sea. And they started complaining. They, they were like, great, you led us out of Egypt all the way to this Red Sea, only to be pursued by the armies and chariots of Egypt. We're going to die before we can even get anywhere. Uh, well, you know, they decided that they, it would be better for them just to go back to Egypt because there they had food, they could, uh, they had a place to live, they didn't have to worry about anything, they knew what was going to happen every day, day in, day out, they knew. They were comfortable there. Uh, you know, that's like us. Uh, but, you know, they always looked backward to their former lives of slavery and bondage because they were comfortable with it. That's what they were used to. You know, it was their way of life. You know, how many of you can relate to that? You know, maybe you came from a background of addiction, uh, whether it's drugs or alcohol, a sex addiction. addiction. Maybe uh, you've been set free and delivered from pornography. Uh, maybe you are coming out of a lifestyle of abuse, whether that was... Uh, of any kind of abuse, whether uh, you were the one being abused or the you were the one doing the abuse, and and, and uh, if God has set you free from all of that, if you've been there and God has set you free, praise God for that. Uh, but how many of you know that if that was you, God is taking you out of that into a new place? you're going to run into a wall, a brick wall. You're going to run into the Red Sea. And you got all of this stuff from your past. 
trying to creep its way back into your life, yet you can't go anywhere because at least it seems that you can't go anywhere because the Red Sea is right there. You know, and what are you gonna do? Are you gonna go back to Egypt? Go back to your bondage, go back to your drugs, to your your pornography, to your abuse, or whatever your Egypt was, whatever your bondage was. Or are you going to watch God be God and part the waters of the Red Sea so you can pass through on dry ground, just like he did for Israel? You know, you see, your promised land is the place where God wants you to live, but you can't go there and dwell there without a fight along the way, and you can't be there without driving the enemy out that's already there. You know, like the land of Canaan in the Bible, your promised land is going to be full of, you know, everything that's, it's going to be a place that's tailored just for you, specifically for you, whatever that looks like. It, you know, but the enemy is also going to be there. Because how many of you know that the enemy is going to work overtime to keep you from getting to where God wants you to go. And once you're there, he's going to double up, triple up the ante to keep you from being successful where God has called you to be. You know, so our job today is to drive the enemy out from that promised land. And in Joshua's day, uh, when Joshua became Moses' successor and, and to, led the people into the promised land, Joseph, in, jo in Joshua's day, driving out the enemy meant to destroy them, to kill them, to blot them out, from, to wipe them off of the earth. You know, because they were, they were wicked people. They were full of idolatry, witchcraft, you name it. Uh, they were it. And, but if today, for us today, it means that we don't drive the people out, but we drive out the demonic forces that are in our way. Because if we were to kill the people, like they did in Joshua's day, if we were to kill those people, the enemy, then that would land us on death row. You know, we'd be a Charles Manson of sorts. Um, you know, and we can't we can't be held accountable or responsible. Well, we would have to be held accountable and responsible for killing the enemy. But we don't want that hanging over our heads. So we drive out the enemy because in the New Testament it says that our enemy is not flesh and blood, but the demonic forces that uh, operate through flesh and blood. You know, so have you, how long have you cried out to God for your freedom? How long did you cry out to God for your freedom? Uh, you know, the Bible says that the children of Israel had been crying out for freedom for 300 years. Did you hear that? 300 years before God was ready to respond by sending Moses to them to deliver them from the hand of the Pharaoh. Yet, according to Exodus chapter 14, they got so far and they wanted to go back to Egypt. You know, 
you know, uh, talking, speaking of that, you know, crying out for 300 years for freedom, you know, in that day in history, it was very common for people to live 500 years or more. I mean, the oldest man recorded in the Bible, Methuselah, lived for 969 years. He lived for one, almost 1,000 years. That's insane. The things he must have seen, the wisdom he must have learned. Oh, I don't think I could handle it. You know, but today, we're lucky if we live to be 95. You know, if we live to be 100, that's a miracle for most of us. But Egypt, Israel wanted to go back to Egypt. Do you want to go back to Egypt? You know, so something happened to the people of Israel when they got to the Red Sea. You know, we talked about that a little bit already. But what happens at that point is God parted the waters of the Red Sea so that they could pass through on dry ground. And it wasn't until the very last of the Jews, of the people of Israel, got to the other side of the sea. And Moses himself climbed down off of the rock and got over to the other side of the sea as well. That God closed the waters. And the Bible says that the armies of, of the Pharaoh... The horses and the chariots and the riders all drowned and perished in the waters of the sea when God let them, when God released the waters back together. Now, it didn't take them long to get to Canaan at all, really. Uh, but what happened was they got there and Moses sent out 12 spies into Canaan to survey the land you know, to check out the crops, the, the people that lived there, to check everything out, what kind of food they were going to look at having, the, the, the survey the land, you know, if is it good land, is it bad land, is it fortified, is it weak, whatever the case is. And after the 40 days, the spies returned, and uh, we, did, we only know who two of those spies were. Their names are Joshua and Caleb. Now, they were the two that are remembered the most. The other ten don't ever get named. Uh, but Joshua and Caleb had a much different report than the other ten. The other ten said, This land is full of giants, and we were like grasshoppers in their eyes. Their hearts became weak. So Joshua and Caleb, they said, Yes, you know, we can, you know, we saw the same stuff, but guess what? We are more than able to go in and possess the country. And as a result of all of that, God caused Israel to wander the mountain, to wander through the wilderness for 40 years. One day, one year for each day that the spies were in Egypt, or excuse me, in Canaan, spying the land out. Do you want to go back to Egypt? You know, or do you want to follow God, and trust his word, trust him to do what he said he's going to do? You know, we kind of do that ourselves. You know, we, we get deflated when we see the enemy that seems to be so much bigger than we are. When in reality, 
God is bigger than the enemy. God, you know, God is stronger than the enemy. It's in our weaknesses that God is made strong. So Moses sent out the spies, and they found the land to be exactly as it was described to them. The Bible calls Canaan a land flowing with milk and honey. You know, and the but what's cool about that is that even though they spent forty years wandering the wilderness, the scripture says that uh, that they were cared for and provided for even in the wilderness. Deuteronomy verse eight or chapter eight verse four says that all these 40 years, your clothes did not wear out and your feet did not blister or swell. That is a miracle all on its own. You know, so it all comes to this. Would you rather go to where God called you to go and fight the enemy along the way, knowing that it will all be worth it in the end because you obeyed God and that the reward will come in due time? Or do you really just want to go back to Egypt and stay where, you know, things are comfortable?